Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Beyond the Body. I am your host, Christina Slater. Today, I am joined by one of our coaches at Cut and Conquer, Ramzia. Hello, everyone. How's it going? And today, we are going to be talking about the number one thing that I personally have struggled with during not just my fitness journey, but my entire life. And recently, I have improved this aspect and it has drastically changed my life for the better. So Ramzia and I are here to share our tips on sleep and explain just how important it is on your fitness journey and tell you guys some benefits, some tips to improve your sleep. And we have some studies and data to discuss as well that are probably going to blow your guys' mind. So honestly, looking back, if I could give myself one piece of advice to the younger version of Christina, I would tell myself to prioritize sleep above basically everything. because. I'm honestly shocked I've done as well in my life as I have (laughs) running on three to five hours of sleep for the majority of my life. (laughs) So yeah, literally crazy how much of an impact sleep has like in general, like your overall like physical mental health, but like specifically when it comes to fitness and like muscle growth, Mm -hmm. sleep makes such a huge impact. Yeah. And I know that the whole hustle culture is huge. And although there's parts of that that I totally agree with in the fact that obviously you have to put in work if you want results in anything. Mm -hmm. But so often we kind of just have that mentality of, oh, I have to do more. I have to wake up earlier and I have to do cardio and I have to push my body and I have to eat less. And we're putting all of this stress on our body. And to a point, stress on your system is beneficial because we need that stress to adapt and change. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) recovery is critical. Like Ramsey just said, in your fitness journey, we have so many things that are kind of working against us when it comes to particularly weight loss and muscle growth. And if you can optimize your recovery, everything is going to be so much easier. And when you are embarking on your fitness journey or taking your fitness to the next level or getting back into your routine, it's not just about doing more or working harder. Because we have seen so many people, women, men, every different age group, every different level, work themselves into the ground and get to this point where they're completely exhausted, they're not seeing progress, and they just don't know what to do. And they feel like their body and metabolism is broken because they've been pushing themselves too hard for too long. Yeah, 100%. And you don't have to get to that point. (laughs) Of course, if you are someone who's like, prepping for a show or like training for an advanced like athletic event or endurance event, you're going to be pushing yourself, you're going to be tired. But man, that recovery makes a huge difference. And during my prep this year, the reason why I think I was so successful with it and why it really wasn't that hard for me. Yes, it was 
hard. And yes, it was definitely there were challenges, but like my body responded so well. And I leaned out. I was the leanest I've ever been with not as much effort as I've actually put in previously. And it was because my sleep was dialed in. And it was the first time in my life that I fully committed and made myself take it seriously. And it literally changed my life. Changed my life. I went from getting three to five hours of sleep, if I'm lucky, to I think the minimum I got during my prep was seven. Like I slept seven to nine hours per night, almost every single night. And I cannot explain to you guys the (laughs) difference. So incredibly different. Your hunger is less. Your moods are better. And this was during prep when I was obviously very low calorie and pushing my body like crazy. So if I wouldn't have been that deep into prep, I probably would have felt like a freaking superhuman. (laughs) My gosh, that's awesome though. For me, I like when it comes to mental functioning, Mm. like I, I would, especially like being in school, because I'm still finishing up like my last year. And I, in the past, I would stay up till 2, 3 a.m. trying to grind out these questions, like (laughs) memorize things. And at that point, you're just, your brain is so fried. You just need to go to bed because anything that you're doing is just like, you're not retaining it. Like you Mm. might as well should just go to bed because it won't be worth it. Like you're not helping yourself out. And so this, like when my fourth year started, I set a cutoff time and I'm like, okay, going to bed, like 930, like computers off, like no screens. And it that actually helped me so much when it came to memorizing and retaining things. And it's pretty visible in the marks too. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, super, super important. Mm-hmm. And if <laughs> mine and Ramsey's anecdotal evidence is not enough evidence for you guys, Before we get into the tips and tactical advice that you guys can implement, I want to go over one study particularly. And I know Ramsey has a few to discuss as well. Mm -hmm. So there was a study done. They took, they had two randomized groups and they, both of the groups were put into a calorie deficit, which for those of you guys who don't know, like in order to lose weight, you need to be in a, eating in a deficit and they put them in the same deficit. So everyone was equivalent and one group lost one hour of sleep five days per week. Okay, so they were sleeping one hour less than normal. And the other group had one hour extra sleep five days per week. So they were sleeping an additional hour per night, five, five times per week. And both groups lost the exact same amount of weight, okay, which makes sense because they were both in the same calorie deficit on average. But group number one who (laughs) lost just one hour of sleep per night lost 85% of the weight from lean body mass, which is the mass that you do not want to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Only 15% from actual body fat. Second group who gained one hour of sleep, you guys, they lost the same amount of weight, but 85% of that weight was from body fat and 15% was from lean body mass. That is significant. Crazy. And to put that in perspective, oh, and this study, the study was done over eight weeks. Okay. So for example, if you lost 10 pounds in that eight weeks, which is very achievable, eight and a half pounds of that 10 would be from lean mass, muscle and bone density and the good things. 1.5% would be actual fat. 
And this is why like at Cut and Conquer, we emphasize so strongly to our clients that weight loss is not that important. Yes, it's important, but you want to be losing the weight from fat. If you're losing lean mass, you're going to be digging yourself into a deeper and deeper hole because the more muscle that you lose, the slower your metabolic rate Mm -hmm. is going to become, the harder it's going to be to do anything, and the longer it's going to take you to lose fat because your metabolism is going to be slower, your body is going to be less functional, and it's just going to be terrible for you, in other words. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, you don't want to look just at the number on the scale, because as this study shows, you can lose 10 pounds, but you can be in a worse situation. And not to mention that, but they probably looked worse and they probably felt worse because without your muscle mass, you feel worse. Yeah. 100%. And basically what happens, and this is what, this is something that I read in an article. What happens is that your body is producing hormones um, while you're sleeping and it produces hormones that are crucial for muscle growth and repair when you're asleep. And this is the growth hormone. So this hormone helps rebuild the damaged muscle tissue and stimulates the production of new muscle fibers. So yes, you're like pushing really hard in the gym and you're actually like tearing your muscle fibers, but that's why we sleep is so important because that's where the repairing and the growth is actually happening. And so that's why we also want to note your sleep quality and not just the quantity, because that's where the growth hormone production happens. So if you're not getting enough deep restful sleep, then your body may be unable to produce that growth hormone that's to support optimal muscle growth and repair. That's why having good sleep habits makes such a huge impact, which we'll get into. But I also read something about napping and how napping can be helpful for muscle growth as well, because your body is entering that deep state of rest, which produces that growth hormone. And your body's metabolic rate slows down down during sleep. So this allows the blood to flow through your muscles and increases that greater delivery of oxygen and nutrients to your muscles, again, promoting muscle growth and repair. So taking like a short nap can be helpful. You don't want to, like if you're consistently not sleeping for less than seven hours, you can't solely rely on the naps to make up for it. But Having a short nap can definitely be beneficial if you get enough sleep at night and still feel like you could use that extra boost. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. And I think, like you said, just don't use napping as a crutch. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to sleep enough because I'll get my nap in. <laughs> mm-hmm. One other important thing that Ramzia touched on there was like your muscles grow during rest and recovery. I know it feels like they're growing in the gym because you're like, oh yeah, like I got the pump. But like, (laughs) (laughs) you're you're just having like blood going there and water and your muscles are getting, your muscle fibers are getting torn basically when you're lifting weights. But like Ramzia said, that actual growth happens during rest. And that's why recovery days and rest days are really, really important. Especially if your goal is to build muscle or even to maintain muscle. But even if your goal is weight loss, even if your goal isn't even to gain muscle at all, it's just to lose fat, you still need to take those rest days. And again, it's like human growth hormone is 
obviously key, but other hormones too. Cortisol, if you're stressing yourself out like crazy, we don't want to have chronically elevated cortisol all day. You do want to have a spike typically in the morning, which is normal, but you don't want to have high stress hormones all the time. It's very Mm -hmm. catabolic for your body. And even just like your hunger hormones too. I'm sure even just anecdotally, like Ramsey, when you get a good night's sleep, you're probably less hungry, meaning like less yeah. cravings. <laughs> I oh my am, God, yeah. For sure. Yeah. When I would stay up until 3 a.m., I'd have the craziest cravings the next day. Mm. Like terrible. Yeah. And when you don't have a good sleep too, for me anyways, I wake up and I feel like kind of bloated and like not tight and light. That's for sure. No. No, not at yeah, definitely not at all. And it's funny because now that I'm like thinking back, when I would overwork myself like way too much in the gym, like I wouldn't take a rest day because again, I was like, you know, that hustle culture got to push every day and doing like a bunch of cardio every day too. And just absolutely, I was in like the longest plateau ever because mm-hmm. I just, I didn't know at the time I didn't know. So yeah. yeah. Let's drive that home again because it's going to be like a new year right away. And yeah. everyone's going to go freaking balls to the walls <laughs> like crazy. But here's the thing. Like, let's say you are really motivated and like you want to go to the gym and like maybe you get into such a good routine and you're afraid to take a day off because you don't want to break your momentum. Like go to the gym and just stretch. stretch. Go to a yes. yoga class or go do some light walking, Right. Because that's going to keep you in your momentum and in your routine, yep. capitalize on your motivation, but it's not going to stress out your body or it's not really going to affect your actual recovery and it might actually help it. So it doesn't yeah. mean sit at home and be lazy. <laughs> no. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. So let's... Oh, one more thing before we get into the tips. All oh, this is kind of a tip. So on the note of waking up not feeling very good in the morning when you don't sleep well, one kind of myth out there is that if you eat at night or if you eat carbs at night, you're going to gain weight or gain fat. That is definitely not necessarily true. If you eat at night and you're eating in a surplus and you're eating too much and you're not eating the right things, yes, you will gain fat. It doesn't matter if you eat salads at night or you eat candy, you will gain weight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the reason that we typically tell our clients to not eat too late at night is for digestion and for improved sleep quality. Because if you are eating a big meal like close to your bedtime, it's not going to be ideal for your sleep quality. And that's why we always emphasize quality over quantity. Like We would rather have you get four hours of actual good sleep than six hours of completely garbage sleep. Mm -hmm. So again, the reason you may hear, if it's an educated health professional anyways, to say not to eat close to bedtime it's not at all because that will make you gain weight. It really doesn't so much matter what time you actually eat your calories if you're in a proper deficit and you're hitting the proper macronutrients and micronutrients. It's because it's not ideal for your digestion. Your gut health is also so important for hormones, for overall health, for like everything can be correlated to gut health, even like moods and skin and everything. So you want to ideally stop eating like around one to two hours on the lower end before you go to sleep. Again, I don't like to say three hours because I feel like that's almost putting too much of a restriction. But yeah. I would say aim for one and a half-ish, depending on who you are and what time works for your life. Yeah, like I would say, I would probably say two and one and a half because even like someone told me like three hours, like this was like a while ago. And I even felt that was like 
sometimes I'll have a snack after my after my dinner or if I work out after dinner, then I like to have a post-workout snack. Mm-hmm. And I thought three hours was maybe too long or a bit of a restriction. So depending on who you are, like obviously it's different, but and it makes it so much harder to fall asleep too. Cause that's something I would struggle with when I would eat late at night. Mm-hmm. I would just be laying in my bed, like trying to fall asleep, but I just can't because your body's, especially if you ate like carbs too, right? <laughs> that's giving your body like the glucose and the energy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it definitely makes it harder to fall asleep. Yeah. It also depends if like when you train, because that's like something that we look at with our clients too. I have some clients who do train fasted in the mornings. So for them, I usually try to get them to eat a meal closer to bedtime that has carbs. So when they're waking up in the morning, they still have glycogen (laughs) in their muscles so they can train without eating if they prefer that. Again, there's not anything wrong with training fasted. Typically, it's a little more ideal to train with food in your system. But like I train fasted often and I prefer it. I can train harder. I feel better as soon as I eat. If I'm still training in the morning, I just... I don't feel as good in my workouts. If I'm training in the evening, obviously it's a different story, but there's nothing wrong with training fasted or not. It really comes down to personal preference and yeah. how like intense you can actually go through your own training. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get into some tips, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first one, Ramsey kind of touched on this too. And I think this will probably be like one of the most helpful tips for people is if you are someone who overthinks (laughs) or someone who lays in bed and can't shut their brain off, (laughs) you need to warm up your brain for bedtime. It sounds crazy, but if you're a mom or like you're like in school, like Ramsey is in university or a business owner or like anyone who has any type of overwhelm, which is most of our listeners, you can't just expect your brain to shut off. That's not how it works. It's like you can't expect to walk into the gym and just squat a PR. Like you need to yeah. prep yourself for that. You need to do some body weight spots. You need to squat the bar. You need to put a little weight on. You need to do some reps. And then you can be like, okay, let's load up some weight here. Same thing when you're going to bed, like you need some type of wind down routine so that your brain knows like, hey, it's bedtime. It's not work time. It's not take care of the kids time. It's time for me to recover. And a lot of people don't do that. They just go from like a million miles an hour to, okay, it's time to sleep. And then their brain keeps going at that rate. Yeah, that's why, like how I kind of mentioned before, setting that time to, okay, screens off, phones yes. off, because that that blue light is giving you, it stimulates you and it, it's, it stops the production of melatonin. So your brain just keeps going. So setting a time to shut your screens off is going to be super helpful. And ideally like an hour before bed, but even 30 minutes mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah. Or like worst case, like 10 minutes. Cause some of you guys <laughs> go to bed with your phone and you're like, Oh, I'll go on TikTok till I fall asleep. Stop, <laughs> please. Oh yeah. And I'm definitely a victim of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually, I haven't done this anymore because now I built the routine, but when I was in prep, I would actually leave my phone downstairs. Um, because I would even find myself, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to plug in my phone. But then I would start checking it <laughs> before yeah. I would go to bed, right? So I would actually leave it like downstairs in my kitchen before I would even head upstairs to go to bed. And that was when I started prep. And I think now, like, now I have the routine that I just don't look at it. So mm-hmm. I actually keep it in my bedroom now. But another tip that's a little crazy, but 
I don't do this, but having electronics in your actual bedroom is not recommended. (laughs) And even like you can go crazy with this, but like Ramsey mentioned with the blue light, I've heard even when you wake up and go to the bathroom, if you turn on that light in the bathroom, it signals to your brain that it's like daytime and your brain wants to wake up. So if you wake up in the night to go pee, don't turn on the light. And I've also heard like the lights in stores, if you go to like shopping late at night, aren't like that's like straight up like fluorescent light that makes your brain think that it's daytime and to wake up. (laughs) So I've heard, I haven't done this because I'm not that crazy, but if you want to take it to the limit to just use like candlelight in the evening. I feel like that'd make me want to fall asleep. I haven't tried that. Right? I actually feel like it would work really well. You could, yeah. I was going to say, maybe you could use those little fake candles, but I'm like, maybe those are blue light. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But being in the dark, burn the definitely house down. that. Yeah. <laughs> but you can set on pretty much every smartphone, the yellow light filter. Do you have that on yours? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I have that. Yeah, so mine comes on at like 7 p.m. or something. It's like a dark mode or like a nighttime mode. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I have that too. On that note too, circadian rhythms. Sleeping in a dark room is very conducive to a good night's sleep. Same thing with sleeping with no noise and light exposure. So when you wake up in the morning, ideally you want to get sunlight in your actual eyeballs as pure as you can. Don't stare at the sun, but obviously in Fort Mac in the winter, there's not really any sunlight here, but you could also get one of those sun lamps. But when it's not winter, if you can like even go outside for three minutes and just let the light hit your face. I did this during my prep also, and I felt like it made a huge difference. It sounds silly and it's all not going to do that. I did it during my prep. It really, really helped me regulate my sleep cycle. Just get sunlight on your actual face, not through the car, not through a window, go outside, stand there for three to five minutes. I seriously felt a huge benefit. Even just like making it a part of your morning routine, mm-hmm. like that, that could help too. Especially as you're like trying to get into the routine of it. If it's like something that you haven't done. Yeah. Start putting that into your morning routine. Even if it's three times a week or like twice or three times a week, just to start building the habit. Mm-hmm. But it just feels so good. Because I even do that too. First thing, just kind of step outside. I know it's like colder now, but even just like the fresh air feels good too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's hard to have a bad day when you go outside in the morning and get air. (laughs) No, yeah. Also, a temperature change is also conducive to a deeper sleep. So most of the time, you're going to want to go for a colder, like sleeping in a colder room. But also, if you don't like sleeping in a colder room, so I personally don't like sleeping in a colder room. I'm the person... Who does not like to sleep with the fan? I know everyone thinks I'm crazy. I fucking hate the fan. Do not put a fan in my room, (laughs) even though we have one. And even though Brendan turns it on every single night and I'm just suck it up because I'm a good wife. But hate the fan. I want to smash it. It dries out my eyeballs and then my eyes stick together and then I can't open them and my contacts are stuck to my eyeballs. I'm scared that they're going to fuse off my like, oh, it's horrible. Oh my God. That happened to me one time when I was a teenager. I was at summer games for swimming. And we were sleeping in this big room and there was a fan blowing right at my face and my eyeball fused shut. And I was at a swim meet with, I was like 15. I didn't have my parents or anything. And my eyeball fused shut and I couldn't open it for the whole weekend. What? Yeah. My contact was stuck to my eyeball. Oh my God. You can sleep with your contacts? 
Yeah, I don't take them out ever. Oh, like they've been in my eyeballs for four months. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, that must have been scary. I would have been scared. But yeah, when the fan's on, it has to point completely at him and away from me because it dries up my eyes yeah. so much. It actually happened to me again when we went to Newfoundland last in 2021. My eye, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, I honestly, I do sleeping in cold rooms. I can't lie, but I don't have a fan in my room. It's just, it's just cold in here. I think my window is slightly, slightly open, not completely, but enough for it to be like just a little cool in here. So yeah. I'm weird like that. My boyfriend really likes his hot. He has like a heater in in his room, and I don't know. I don't know how he does it, but <laughs> yeah, I have a hot beanbag, have like a hot water bottle, a heated blanket, a heater. Oh my gosh, you have to sleep with no clothes on. <laughs> no, I sleep in like massive pants. Oh my god, that's crazy. I, I love to be warm when I'm sleeping. Well, yeah, that's why. I like- that's why I like the colder room because then you're like you gotta be all like oh I love it when it's like when you when you're in Mexico and it's so hot and you wake up and you're so sweaty I'm like oh this is the best (laughs) oh my god stop I actually hate that I love it waking up sweaty you like that yeah because I can have a nice shower but like when I wake up cold I don't even want to get out of bed and it's just terrible okay yeah (laughs) I can understand that, but I would take that over waking up sweaty. (laughs) No. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, on that note, if you don't like sleeping in a super cold room, or even if you do, but you want to have a more drastic temperature drop, have a hot bath or shower before you go to bed. And it will still rise your temperature enough that you have a temperature drop before you go to sleep. And that could be part of your winding down as well. Exactly. Having having that nighttime routine to kind of, you know, bring to turn your brain off like slowly. Mm -hmm. I think taking a bath is another like self-care, like self-care is like, that's a good time to do your nighttime routine or skincare. I've been really, it's a skincare recently, like literally just taking a few minutes, just like massaging my face and like using like the gua sha things. (laughs) Yeah, my sister has them too. It's actually like I feel I feel like it's helped a little bit. Like moving like the fluids like in my face, like the inflammation and stuff. I feel like it helps. So doing skincare and, and self-care and taking that bath as a part of your nighttime routine can help fall asleep. That sounds nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It sounds like soothing. Oh, you're just like ready to go to sleep. Yeah. And if you are someone who wakes up in the night to go pee, you wake mm-hmm. up in the night to go to the bathroom, that's a problem. Like that shouldn't be happening in a normal, proper, healthy human, ideally. I mean, maybe rarely, but it shouldn't be happening. So, because a lot of the time, like when we have a client join, we usually increase their water intake. <laughs> People are like, oh my God, this is so much water and I'm peeing so much and I don't know what to do. Your body will adjust. Your body will adjust. It takes one to two weeks. Your body will adjust. But another important note is you need sodium in your diet. You need sodium. I was actually talking to Brendan about this last night. And I'm like, I totally get where people get the misconception that like carbs are bad or fat is bad or whatever. What was the one I was thinking about? Sugar. I can't remember them all. But like, those are popular misconceptions or myths that are like around. personally haven't heard much about like sodium is so bad for you honestly I like I remember hearing that like salt 
Like yeah. salt is bad for you. And for, for a while, I actually didn't put any salt. Like, on, you like can die. You can die if you don't have sodium. sodium. I know. And I was like, I wouldn't put salt on anything. That was when I thought, you know, salt was like so bad for you that I didn't even use like a little bit. Now, now I do like now I'll add a little bit because obviously you need sodium. But there was a time where I didn't use any salt. I don't know if anyone else, if anyone else thought that too. I don't know where I heard it from, heard it from some something from social media for sure. Yeah. But yeah, there was a time where I was a victim of that. Yeah. And the thing is, as you want, like I use Himalayan pink salt. That's the only salt I use. I have a literal addiction. I have an addiction. I go through, I don't know. I, I don't know. This addiction came up probably like last year, but I feel like a typical salt shaker takes an average family like six months to go through, right? Yeah. I go through an entire salt shaker like every month. Myself, it's my salt shaker. I take it with me everywhere. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Himalayan pink salt grinder. And like I grind like at least like 15 grinds on every meal I eat. 15? Yeah, but I also drink a shitload of water. Like I drink seven liters a day. Okay. Okay. But our point was, if you're getting up to pee, you need to make sure you're getting enough quality sodium so that you're not constantly getting up to pee because you shouldn't be. And most people are not drinking enough water to begin with. So if you're not drinking enough water and you're getting up to pee in the middle of the night, there's something going on there. Yeah. I use sea salt. There's another, oh, there's another salt. I just searched up right now. I think it's called Celtic salt. I don't know if you've heard of that. Celtic or Celtic salt. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard about it. I don't know the pronunciation of it, but I heard that one is another really good salt. I haven't haven't tried it, but yeah. Interesting. The final thing we will say to kind of end out this episode is... We've had questions from clients and non-clients and a lot of people about what do you do if you have low energy levels? Because that's a very common thing in our society. And a lot of people are like, what can I take for better energy? What can I do for better energy? And the, the answer is not that you want to get more energy. It's that you need to optimize your recovery and your sleep. Because if those things are not optimized, whatever you take, or energy is going to be digging you a deeper debt. If you have your sleep dialed in consistently and your recovery dialed in consistently and your stress managed effectively, then you can look at adding in supplements for energy. But, and again, I'm not just telling you because it's like, oh, you need to deserve them. It's you will actually fuck yourself up a lot worse by taking all of these things for energy and fat burners and stimulants and caffeine and whatever else you might be taking for energy and energy drinks and everything. Like It's not like the occasional energy drink or coffee or espresso is going to hurt you. But Mm -hmm. if you're relying on it, it's going to create a greater and greater sleep deficit and problem for your body. Yeah. It's a temporary fix, right? And and I've heard you say this before, actually, Christina. It's like putting a Band-Aid over an infection kind of thing. Uh, Exactly. So... Please go into 2024 with the intention to optimize your sleep. And I promise you, your entire life will improve. Yes. Not just your fitness journey and your muscle growth and your weight loss goals, but your overall 
physical, mental health, your overall well-being, you will feel so much better. Yeah. So you guys, if you got value, if you have questions, definitely let me know. We love to see who is tuning in. You can take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram story, tag me at Nifina. Ramzia, your fit with Ramzia? Yeah, fit with Ramzia, like fit W Ramzia. Cool. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.